0: Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee, with your daily devotional. Reading again from J.I. Packer's Praying the Lord's Prayer. Uh, About 15 or 16 very short chapters where he takes, uh, in each one, he takes a line from the Lord's Prayer and just helps us uh, understand it and uh, kind of marinate in it, I've I've read several of these before, and uh, I hope to make it through the whole book. Uh, as you know, those of you that uh, follow this daily devotional, I, I rotate around, so you're getting uh, uh, you're getting a, a broad cross section of authors. Uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest that at some point, all of these will have been read. Because it's so great, and he's J.I. Packer, the theologian. Uh, Gone home to be with the Lord now, but he was a theologian, uh, a professor. Uh, He was uh, uh, the author of a book called Knowing God, which has had a huge impact on just thousands upon thousands of lives. He served as general editor for the ESV, uh, Translation of the Bible, and as a theological editor for the ESV Study Bible as well. So some of you may be enjoying his work and not even knowing it. But here uh, today in this reading, uh, he focuses in from the Lord's Prayer on the phrase, Thy kingdom come. And uh, let's see what he has to say. First, uh, he includes the verse Mark 115. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in in the gospel, and that first chapter of Mark uh, opens up, as most of you who are familiar with it, it just explodes with the beginning of the gospel of of Jesus. And so it's it's true, with the coming of the king, the kingdom has begun. It's been inaugurated, if you will. So here's what Packer, uh, his thoughts on thy kingdom come from the Lord's prayer. He says that the Lord is king in the sense of being sovereign over his world, is assumed throughout the Bible. But God's kingship and his kingdom are different things. The former is a fact of creation commonly called providence. The latter is a reality of redemption, properly called grace. That's such a great distinction between the two. Uh, I think I should read that paragraph just one more time because it sets the tone for the rest of what we'll find here. That the Lord is king in the sense of being sovereign over his world, is assumed throughout the Bible. But God's kingship and his kingdom are different things. The former, God's kingship, uh, is a fact of creation, commonly called providence. The latter, his kingdom, is a reality of redemption, properly called grace. J.I. Packer continues, This distinction is biblical in substance, but the vocabulary of Scripture does not show it, Kingdom is used in both Testaments for both God's universal sovereign sway and his redemptive relationship to individuals through Jesus Christ. In the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, uses the word in the latter sense. And at the end, we say, thine is the kingdom in the former sense. God in sovereignty overrules the lives and doings of all men and women, including those who deliberately defy and disobey him. In a monstrous outburst of sibling rivalry surpassed only by Cain's fratricide, where Cain kills Abel back at the beginning of Genesis, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery and told his father that Joseph was dead. Yet God was overruling so that later, Joseph could say, what you meant for evil God meant for good and that, of course, we find in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 50 as the brothers uh, who had already years and years and years before sold Joseph into slavery uh, where he ended up in Egypt and then they come crawling to Egypt begging for food and uh, uh, in God's providence end up uh, right before Joseph who's been put in charge of <laughs> of most of Egypt at the time. He's sort of the vice Pharaoh, if you will. Uh, By the hands of lawless men, Packer goes on to say, the Jews of Jerusalem crucified and killed Jesus. Yet God was overruling, so that Jesus was, quote, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, end quote. And by his life, the world was redeemed. This is a quote from Acts chapter 2. Uh, A preachment there of the Apostle uh, Peter. By this overruling, uh, or but this overruling, Packer says, is a different thing from God's reign of grace in the heart and life of one who bows in penitent trust before his authority, desiring only to be delivered from evil and led in the paths of righteousness. And that is precisely how it is when we make Jesus king. So God's kingdom is not so much a place, but rather a relationship. It exists wherever people enthrone Jesus as Lord of their lives. When Jesus began preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand, literally it has drawn near, he meant that the long-promised enjoyment of God's salvation for which Israel had been waiting was now there for them to enter. How were they to enter it? The Gospels answer that question very fully. Why? By becoming Jesus' disciples, by giving him their hearts' loyalty and letting him reshape their lives, by receiving forgiveness from him, by identifying with his concerns, by loving him without reserve and giving his claims precedence over all others. In short, by manifesting what Paul called, quote, faith Working through love, end quote. Um, and that phrase lifted from Paul's letter to the Galatians, faith that acknowledges and embraces Jesus Christ, as in Peter's phrase, Lord and Savior. You find that in uh, multiple times, actually in uh, Second Peter. So Jesus is Lord and Savior both. To this faith, Jesus pointed Nicodemus in John chapter three, having told him that no one sees or enters the kingdom without a radical inner transformation by the Spirit, which he pictured as being born again. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 11. This passage instructs us that none of us can enter the kingdom without the Spirit's help. We must not be too proud to ask for it, nor refuse to be changed in whatever ways God sees necessary. The kingdom arrived with Jesus indeed. One might say that as son of God incarnate, Jesus is the kingdom of God in person. His rule over Christians is regal in the full-blooded biblical sense, personal, direct, and absolute. His claims are the claims of God, overriding those of man. Yet his rule is not tyranny. For King Jesus is his people's servant, their shepherd, their champion, ordering all things for their protection and enrichment. Matthew 11.30 tells the disciples, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Also, Packer says, he is their brother in the royal family who himself lived on earth as a man under authority, coming, of course, Um, under the authority of his father. Um, He will not ask more of us than was asked of him. Indeed, not so much. His rule has the nature not of dictatorship, but of pastoral care. That's the beautiful thing. Jesus saying, I am the good shepherd. I know my own. Uh, uh, John chapter 10. Uh, Packer goes on, Jesus' claims are the claims of God overriding those of man, yet his rule is not tyranny. I gotta let that sink in. For King Jesus is his people's servant, their shepherd, their champion, ordering all things for their protection and their enrichment. That's so, I'm so glad I reread that. I'm so glad that was uh, as a, listed as a little pull quote here. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not conversion by coercion. Hmm. No, he, he moves on our hearts, in our hearts and upon us and reveals to us, not only our sinfulness, but his, the beauty of his sovereign grace and uh, his amazing love for sinners such as we are. And that's, that, that's both humbling and it stirs up gratitude. It should, and, and it should compel us. It should draw us to him in all his beauty and majesty as the king we've always needed and the king we've always wanted. Yeah, Packer goes on. The first and fundamental service rendered by great David's greater son, Jesus, to his disciples is to save them from sin and death according to God's promise. So the kingdom of God is the realm of grace where the damage done to us by sin is repaired. And the gospel of grace proves to be what the kingdom is all about. Somebody shout amen. All right. Packer again, in one sense, the kingdom is here and now, and Christians are in it. But in another sense, that of perfecting the display of God's grace in this world, the kingdom remains future and awaits Christ's return. The prayer, thy kingdom come, looks on to that day but this does not exhaust its meaning. Any request for a new display of God's sovereignty and grace, renewing the church, converting sinners, uh, rest- restraining evil, providing good in this world, all of that is a further spelling out of thy kingdom come. If one asks where in the Lord's prayer does general intercession appear, the answer is here. And if one asks Why burden oneself with a load of intercession? The answer is because we are taught to pray thy kingdom come. That's what Jesus is doing. He's instructing his disciples and us by extension in how we ought to pray, especially in the Luke version of the Lord's Prayer. The disciples explicitly say they overhear Jesus praying. and They say, Lord, teach us to pray. Hmm, It's really, really powerful. Well, one more paragraph from J.I. Packer and then a few questions that he leaves at the end of each of these short chapters. Uh, Last paragraph. To pray that kingdom come is searching and demanding. For one must be ready to add and start with me. Make me your fully obedient subject. Show me my place among workers for the kingdom of God, and use me so far as may be to extend your kingdom, and so by your means of answering my prayer. May it sincerely, Packer says, this is a prayer that the Savior who calls us to self-denial and cross-bearing and consent that one's life be lost one way or another in serving the gospel may have his way with us completely. Do we really Seek this. Have we faced it? Let every man examine himself and woman too, and so only so let him say the Lord's prayer. This, that last line is so amazing. Let every man examine himself, and and we are also busy examining others instead of examining oneself, aren't we? Um, well, here are some brilliant questions that Packer adds as we've thought about the kingdom of God and praying, thy kingdom come. Uh, questions for thought and discussion. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see at the end of each chapter, uh, there's just a little short page there like that. So here's here's what he's got for us. Do you agree that God's kingdom is not a place, but a relationship? Why or why not? In other words, God's kingdom is not limited to one zip code in the universe. It's wherever uh, God's royal reign, God's sovereign rule is respected and it's starting to become visible in God's people and in their relationships and in their work and they're their being redeemed and renewed and all of their... Um, all of their priorities are being reordered and all of their desires are being reoriented according to God's will for God's glory. And there you see the kingdom of God, don't you? Mm. Uh, Why can we rightly say that Jesus was and is a king, but not a tyrant? Think about that with the gospel. Again, not conversion by coercion. No, but it's it's such a, such a beautiful gospel. So compelling, isn't it? And lastly, think out the present-day implications of the prayer, the present day, this this today, as you're whatever listening, watching, whatever you're doing, whatever is going on in your household at your place of work. How does praying thy kingdom come impact you and whatever's going on, whatever situation it might be, so far as you are able. To see all of this, from J.I. Packers praying the Lord's Prayer, just a tiny little book, uh, as I say, very short chap- chapters uh, based on each line of the Lord's Prayer. Let me close us in prayer for this day, Lord. Yes, Your Kingdom come today. Um, as we bow before You, we bow uh, spiritually, morally, intellectually. Um, we we lay before You. Uh, uh, presenting to you, Lord, our vocations, our reputation, um, our condition in life—all of these things, Lord—we just lay them before you. And like the apostle Paul, we pray that um, our our lives, our freedom, our reputation, our lack of freedom, our suffering—all of who we are—might be laid before Jesus. That His glory might be poured in and through our lives and realized not only by ourselves and experienced not only by ourselves, but that we might be a witness and a testimony to others as well. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, amen amen. Have a great day. Daily Devotions with Pastor Jim Thomas is a resource of The Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas, music by Phil Kagi.